0: everybody. Welcome to our new podcast, Open Questions. I'm Ben Gillen. And I'm Jonathan McCullough. And we're two uh, graduate students, PhD students at USC. And we started this podcast because we noticed there was a dearth, a big lack of math podcasts. I mean, there's some, there's some cool ones out there, but uh, none that I was looking for. And I thought, oh, you know
1: what? Let's just start our own. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it's fun just to like talk about math with you all the time, and I think other people would enjoy it, so yeah, maybe it'll work. We'll see. Yes.
0: And so the central conceit of at least the first few episodes we're going to do, we might do a couple different types of episodes, but the central conceit of the episode we're doing today is going to be that i dear listener am going to be you okay i'm gonna have no ability to see jonathan because right next to me i have a blindfold and i'll i'll put it up to the microphone so you can that's the sound of my blindfold that i'm about to put on and so i will be unable to see jonathan doing anything and so he's just going to have to explain intrinsic geometry intrinsic geometry yeah and I, I'm a real bad geometry. I know basically nothing about geometry. Oh, that's
1: not true. I think you do know some.
0: I know a little bit of like discrete geometry.
1: Yeah, yeah, that affine geometry stuff. Yeah,
0: affine versus projected plane. Yeah. yeah, but besides that, I know literally nothing. Okay. So I'm right. excited. I think this podcast is aimed... We're talking about like high schoolers, yeah. undergraduates, graduate students who are yeah. interested in math or math yeah. adjacent. And wow. so um, this... Yeah, if you're one of those people, this podcast might be perfect for you. And if not, still give it a try. Give it a listen and try to muddle through with me as Jonathan explains intrinsic versus extrinsic geometry. All right. The
1: blindfold is on. Okay. Okay. So um, intrinsic geometry. This this comes from the field of differential geometry. Okay. There's this distinction between intrinsic and extrinsic geometry, uh, which is really fun. And so, differential geometry—it's the study of of manifolds. Or uh, you've got like surfaces. Okay. Everyone kind of knows about like surfaces in in three dimensional space. Think of it like like the shell of a sphere, like the, a ball or something, or a balloon. Yeah, like yeah. That. I can I can imagine I can imagine this. I don't you know what picture di- it? Yeah. differential geometry is, but I'm
0: imagining just yeah. you're saying like. Um, not the interior, just right. the boundary, right? Yeah, just the boundary. Of a yeah. sphere.
1: And, uh, and the torus is a classic the example. The torus, yep, the donut is uh-huh. uh, is an example. So the shell of the donut. And the differential part comes from the fact that we want to do calculus in these surfaces. Makes sense. Basically. And you teach Calc 3 right now, yeah? which is um, multivariable calculus. And so basically what you're doing is you're doing calculus like on surfaces, but you're still doing them in three-dimensional space. So all the surfaces up to multivariable calculus in undergrad live inside of this three-dimensional space. Like you're just putting it in in the air, basically. The whole idea of the intrinsic versus extrinsic is what can we say about these surfaces and these manifolds? Um, is a manifold just a surface? I would just want to... Yeah, yeah so out. manifold uh, is just basically a surface, but it's a bit more general. It can be any dimensional. And it's basically they say it's locally flat. Mm-hmm. So it locally looks like like horizontal in every direction. Kind of like the earth, right? You you look around and it's locally So flat. like if you were standing on it. Yes. So yes. like is a line a manifold bend? Yes, yeah. And a line and like a circle is a manifold because locally it's flat if you zoom in far enough. I see. So
0: you just have yeah. to zoom in really far. Yeah. So this shows you how yeah. little I know about geometry. <laughs> I don't know what a manifold is, which I think is one of the first things you learn.
1: Oh okay. well, Yeah, yeah. It's, um, but it's, it's a good, and, and also your manifolds can be very, very weird. They can be, they can like be prohibited from living in space. Like that we consider space, like, like the Klein bottle, which you may have heard of. Yeah. Right. Because it like intersects itself. Uh huh. Uh, And so that's kind of a big thing with this is the intrinsic geometry is the geometry that doesn't matter what space the manifold or the surface lives inside of. So you can have lots of different, like we call these things embeddings. We put the surface inside of a space, but there's some things that are true about these surfaces And it doesn't matter what space you put it inside of. Okay. Okay. So you're
0: saying that like, if I have, for example, a sphere, I can put that in three dimensional space and it's a
1: sphere. Yeah.
0: If I put it in two dimensional space, it's just a circle.
1: Ah, so you can't really put it in two dimensional space. Gotcha. But I can put it in four dimensional space. Yes. Yes. I see. Because that makes sense because it's only
0: in three dimensions and across the fourth dimension, it's constant somehow is that the idea
1: yeah yeah you could like because you can embed 3d space right into 4d space okay. and then so you can just carry that through with the sphere and also like the torus like the donut um often that like the easiest embedding is in 4d space even though you can definitely picture it in 3d space you can do like a circle and then times a circle all right okay yeah Put it down. mean yeah. like um so you've got your circle and that's two D space. Yeah, and then think about one circle of the donut being like you're tying a string around the donut, like as if you were hanging the donut from a ceiling or something. Okay, this is right? some
0: great. This is some great visualization that
1: you can do with a blindfold. on? Yeah, I, yeah. I can
0: definitely do this with a blindfold <laughs> on. All right, so I have a string tied around a donut. All right, and I'm like I'm imagining holding the ends of the string with like one end in each hand, and the donut hanging down in the middle of the string.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you're like, that's the circle you want to... That's where you're wrapping it. That's... I'm just trying to... Because there's a couple circles you can draw on the donut, uh-huh. right? Going around the donut. So that's all I'm saying is like, you go around in that way.
0: Oh, I see. So if I connect those two ends of the string yeah, together, yeah, exactly. that's a circle. Yeah. Okay, Yeah. sure. Okay, so that's
1: one circle. Uh-huh. And then if you draw that circle, right? At each like degree angle of the donut, you get the whole donut. You kind of, you push it around, right? Ah,
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're saying. So, right, if I take this string and imagine shrinking it down to the size of the donut, right, Uh then I just have basically a little, uh, it's not a full cross section because it's just like one piece of the donut that if I wrap around 360 degrees, I end up with a full donut again. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that 360 degrees is the second circle. So it's... One circle times the other circle.
0: Oh, I yeah. see. So it's my string yeah. circle times yeah. doing the string circle all around. Yeah.
1: And by times, I mean like, you know, like X, Y, like coordinate, like times sort of like. What do you mean by that? Like the real numbers, we call that R, R times R. That mm-hmm. gives you 2D space. Yep. Yeah. Right. So when I'm saying S1 times S1, that's kind of what I mean. And those are both two dimensional things, right? They live in 2D space. I see. So then you get the four dimensions there. I see. So S1 cross S1, S1 times S1. Lives inside of 4D space. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So this
0: is another basic geometry thing I'm not familiar with. S1 is a... Oh, yeah. The circle. circle. It's it's the circle. (laughs) It's a two-dimensional space, though, which is kind of like weird and not something that I...
1: Or it lives in two-dimensional space.
0: It lives. The circle lives in two-dimensional space. Yeah. And then we do that two-dimensional times another piece of two-dimensional space. And we end up with the the full torus, which is four-dimensional which is weird because I think of the torus as living in three-dimensional space. Right,
1: right. But it can live in four-dimensional space. And it's kind of easy to talk about it in that way.
0: So, so what yeah. is the fourth dimension in that case? How does this kind of correspond yeah. to three-dimensional space? Yeah,
1: just another spatial dimension. So it would be like X, Y, Z, W. Yeah. And W is like a coordinate axis that is uh, perpendicular to the first three. To the first? Yeah which Three. you can't visualize okay. even without the blindfold. Yeah, it's not gonna <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's 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 kind of hard to imagine because I'm trying to say okay, this this torus is in three-dimensional space, but we can also imagine it as two two-dimensional pieces that were like yeah. multiplying together. Sure. Like there's, there's a little bit of like technicality there where I'm like, I'm not sure exactly what's happening, but I, I believe you. I see how my two circles are two dimensional and how I multiply these circles together to get the full torus. Sure. Uh So it's four dimensional. Uh, Let's say that's true and keep going.
1: Maybe one more. I do want to, there's one more way that I can say it and I think it'll make uh, very good sense. Yeah. Okay. So I can give you four pieces of information and you can tell me a point on the donut. Um, oh, let's see.
0: Cause I'm kind of imagining it. Yeah. Uh, you can tell me four points, right? Let's take my, str- my string circle, right? Yeah. The, that we were talking about as my string yeah. before, right? We were uh-huh. saying, okay, I have this string. I'm connecting that string together in a circle. The yeah. donut is hanging down and then I'm string shrinking that sh- string to be the size of the donut. So it's just like hugging the outside yeah. and yeah, that exactly. is a circle of a donut. Okay. Yes. That is yes. my string circle. Uh-huh. I'm going to call that my string yeah. circle. I, that string circle, right? Yeah. I can take an X and a Y yep. value exactly. on yeah. that. Yeah. And then I can look at my other circle, yeah. which is my yeah. wrap around yeah. that string 360 degrees, yeah. right? And yeah. in wrapping around that, that string 360 degrees yeah. in a circle, I end up with another circle and I can give you the XY coordinate yeah. of that circle. Exactly. That's it. And yeah. that fully defines my point on the torus. Okay. Yes. This makes a lot of sense to me. Okay,
1: good. Nice. Ooh. Nice.
0: Good. I hope... I hope everyone at home
1: <laughs> makes sense, too. Okay. Um, yeah. No, good. Good. All right. And, um, and so I think you've got a good understanding of, like, manifolds, at least enough for uh, the rest of this. So the difference now between extrinsic and intrinsic geometry is basically what an ant who lives on a manifold or a surface can figure out about the surface it lives on. And so we think about an ant just because it doesn't really have much height. And, so, and we have height. Like we, you know, even though we're living on a surface, we have height. And let's think about just surfaces now, which are 2D. Uh, 2D surfaces uh, being like the sphere, which... Um, so basically like a piece of paper that you would bend around or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a piece of cloth. like, um, Or we could just imagine the ant traveling along some
0: hills. Yeah, exactly. And it looks out yeah. in front of it and behind it, and it yeah. looks flat, even yeah. though it's traveling up a hill or on top yeah, of yeah. going down.
1: Yeah, and basically all it can do is um, it can take measurements and take angles. Okay, so it can measure distances. The ant And can. it can measure angles, yes. Okay. The ant can do that. Smart ant. One thing the, uh, the ant can't do, but we can do is like stick a flagpole in the ground that's pointing straight up. That's this is like the major difference between the ant and between us. Us who are like embedded in some 3D space. Oh, I see. Yeah. The, the ant
0: cannot stick a flagpole in the ground. No, yeah. They which can't is claim. which
1: you might know is the normal vector uh, yes. to the surface now, which uh, your students are probably learning about pretty soon.
0: In calc three, the normal vector is simply just the vector that is perpendicular to the surface at the point, right? So yeah. if the ant is climbing along this surface, right, we can plant the flagpole, we can look up at the sky, but the ant doesn't have that sort of neck. It can only look around it, in front of it, behind it. It can't look up. Yeah. yeah. To the beauty of the the rest of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. So this makes sense. The yeah. ant lives in two dimensions. We yeah. live in three dimensions. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh huh. And so only dealing with distances and angles is much harder to get information. But when we get something that's a property that only depends on that, we get something really cool and it's an intrinsic property of the surface. What you're saying, what you're saying that if the ant can figure out the
0: property, then it's a cool property, it's an intrinsic <laughs> yes. property? Yes,
1: yeah. Uh, and And the reason is, is because if the only thing that matters is distances and angles, then the property is unchanged even when we bend the surface a bit, which is really cool. That so, makes sense. Right? Because if you, bend, like if you bend a piece of paper, none of the distances from point A to point B have changed. Right? Mm. And none of the angles have changed either. Right? If you bend, you can't stretch. Only bending. No stretching, no ripping, no tearing. Yeah, only yeah, bending. Because
0: um, the, the idea is that the ant doesn't
1: notice. They wouldn't notice. It's living on this two-dimensional plane. Yeah, and locally it's very flat. And if you bend too much, if you, like, crimp it, that doesn't count because it would create, like, an angle in the surface or something. So, I see. So, in the paper analogy, you can't create a crease. No creases, yeah. I see. Um. Okay,
0: this is, uh, is this is the idea of kind of like it's continuous, right? The surface is continuous. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. You want like a smooth surface, or I think just differentiable. Yeah, that's the technical um, term. Differentiable the term. Yeah. huh. And but smooth. Just think of it as smooth. Cool. Yeah. Um. And so this thing is called this type of bend. They call it an isometry. Uh, and so these intrinsic properties, they're called isometric invariants. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, One more time. Isometric invariance? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
1: Isometric invariance. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because Because they're unchanged even up to when you make an isometry move, when you bend it. I see. The isometry
0: moves are just bending the piece of paper.
1: Yeah. And
0: so it's isometrically invariant. Yes. The ant can't tell. We're assuming basically... Ants are small and they don't notice gravity, so they don't know exactly what direction they're traveling in Earth. relation to gravity. Yeah. I'd buy that. Ants can travel upside down yeah. and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and we uh... don't
1: we don't got gravity here. There's no gravity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no gravity in the system. Right. All right. All right.
0: This makes sense. Yeah.
1: And so one of the one of the first things that um, like came about here was from Gauss, uh, a mathematician in the late 1800s, I think mid 1800s, something like that. He proved that. This thing he defined, curvature, Gaussian curvature, of a surface, which he originally defined extrinsically, ended up being an intrinsic property. Okay. Okay, so I don't know what Gaussian curvature is. (laughs) I'll explain. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, and so that was the big, he called this his remarkable theorem. His um, He was a bit pompous. His theoma egregium. Which just is remarkable theorem in Latin. One more time. Give us the Latin one more time. Theoroma the egregium. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this Gaussian curvature, it's kind of what it sounds like, how curved the surface is at a given point. Okay. So if you've got a small ball and a really big ball, okay? Okay. So a small ball, big ball, mm-hmm. right? The small ball is way more curved at each point. And the big ball is much less curved, right? Because, like, if you're looking at it, it's a bit flatter, the big ball. Yeah. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Just that yeah. kind of... Um, I, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yes. Or, the...
1: yeah. Like, like, two, you've got, you know, some bend uh, of road or something. And then you've got some, like, sharper turn. That's got more curvature, the sharper turn, Yeah. Than like a slow bend on the highway or something. Sure. Yeah. This makes a lot of sense. Um, And so on a surface, you've got Gaussian curvature, which can be negative or it can be positive or it can be zero. Uh, It can be any real number. And zero just means flat. You've got a flat surface. Mm -hmm. Um, And negative curvature at a point means you've got like a Pringle shape or a saddle shape. Um and so what that means is the ant or us think about us now looking in two directions we see we can go up like north south we can we're in a valley mm. sort of if we're looking north south we're kind of in a valley gotcha. we can go up to the north or we can go up to the south right in like uh in height yeah and then east west we can descend uh in height yeah okay, okay. And so those things have negative Gaussian curvature. Saddle points have negative Gaussian
0: curvature. I mean, I always think of saddle points as literally you're sitting on a saddle, right? Your legs can hang down the sides, and you have like the pommel in front of you and the. Yes. It's not a pommel
1: behind you. I don't know about saddles,
0: but yeah, Yeah. (laughs) saddle points. But yeah,
1: yeah. Um, And so the reason these things have negative curvature and why like hills and, and balls have positive curvature um, is the definition, the product of two curvatures, basically of two curvatures of lines. And let me, let me explain a little bit. Yeah. I don't know um, what that means. <laughs> yeah. So the ant or we, uh, look in every direction and we say, okay, can I descend anywhere? And what's the sharpest, the steepest descent I can go in? Uh, and on a saddle, you've got a direction you say west. Okay. I can descend that way. And you assign a negative number to that. Mm. Okay. Uh, and the path that you would take has negative curvature, we'll say, because you're descending in height. Okay. And then you look also all around. You and say, where can I ascend? Where can I go up in height? And you mark that. And uh, if you can go up anywhere, that thing has positive curvature. And so you multiply those two things together, right? And so saddle, you've got your two legs going over the saddle. That's negative. And then you've got the two ascend directions that's positive so you've got 1 -1 negative. Negative one positive then you get negative gaussian curvature which is the product so the idea is
0: not that not that oh i can go negative in two directions and positive in yeah. two directions it's like along yeah. one axis yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. positive in both directions yeah, and along yeah. the other axis it's negative in both directions yeah. so it's negative times positive yeah
1: yeah exactly and then on a ball you can just descend to the east or you can descend to the north Right. Yes. So that's two negatives. Then you get a positive gotcha. Gaussian curvature. Or if you're in a valley, yes. it's yes. two. You can ascend
0: in north or ascend in east. So it's positive yeah. times positive, positive. Exactly. So what about the yeah. case on the side of a hill? Yeah. You can go up in one direction
1: yeah. and down in the other direction. Because you got to think like you're standing perpendicular to the hill. Uh, Right? So when you're standing perpendicular to the hill, going up the hill or down the hill is actually not changing height <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> the hill analogy has evolved a little bit <laughs> there's no, we have to remember we're an ant without yeah. gravity okay there's no yeah. gravity yeah. so we can just
0: flip the hill so yeah. are there never cases then right because in my mind i'm like okay sure if both directions are positive or both directions are negative right if both directions we can go if our north south we can go down or our north south we can go up yeah right yeah those feel like are only two or north-south is oh, flat. Those, oh you're
1: wondering if I could go north up, south, down?
0: Yes. Or yeah. like north up, yeah.
1: south flat.
0: Right? Okay. Like we're yeah, yeah. on the we're about yeah. to walk up a mountain.
1: Basically you're wondering about points of inflection. It's a good thing to think about. So like let me do it by example first. So you're wondering first about going up and then going flat. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about something that's flat and then it smoothly starts increasing.
0: Yeah, kind right. of like you're yeah. at the
1: about to climb up a mountain. You're at yes. the bottom of the mountain. Yes. Okay, so every point until you start smoothly increasing, you're fine. You're just flat, mm-hmm. right? Flat north, flat south. Um, now, uh, every point on the curve after that you know, point where we start increasing, this is going to sound weird, but you're... Like, in a valley. Does that make sense? Oh. So, you got to think of that like a valley now.
0: Okay, Okay. because the idea, we have to remember, we're an ant without gravity, okay? Yeah, so, So,
1: yeah. Maybe I shouldn't have said up and down height, because I think height is messing us up here.
0: When you come to the base of the mountain, right... You can say, oh, I'm going, I'm about to start traveling up the mountain. Yeah. Oh, but alternatively, we can imagine kind of rocking the, uh, rocking ourselves over a bit. So now like shifting the plane. So the direction we came from is up, but also the direction we're going is up. Yes.
1: Yeah. You've got the gravity shoes, basically. You're in like zero gravity or something and you've got those sticky shoes, Uh you know? So you always stay perpendicular to the, to the surface.
0: Gotcha. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like in yeah. 2001 A Space Odyssey. Exactly, isolated. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where they're like walking up, they like go yes. in this little thing and it flips them upside down and they yeah. start walking. And yeah. whatever way their feet are facing, that is down gravity for yes. them. Yeah, exactly. So your claim to me yeah. <laughs> is that no matter what kind of surface you have, you're always either flat, in a valley, or or at a peak. Yes. Right? In,
1: in uh, one direction. Yeah. In,
0: in one dimension. North-south dimension. Yeah, in the, the north-south. Yes. And then east-west, it's either saddle, yeah. valley, or peak as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. It like, is that, becomes that full definition. That's exactly. pretty cool.
1: Okay. Yes, yes. And it's an extrinsic definition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the way we find this um, is we're taking curves of paths along the north-south and along the east-west. Right, uh-huh. and how we get those paths is we take the the flagpole that we stick in the ground, and we kind of take a big knife and cut the surface in the north direction along that flagpole. So it's telling us how the knife is going to cut the surface. Whereas without the flagpole, you could kind of come at it from an angle. Okay.
0: Um, I'm a little yeah. confused what you mean.
1: Yeah. Um, so think about you're on a, a ball. Okay. Okay. And you stick a flagpole on the ground and you bring a knife and you cut it straight down.
0: What am I cutting straight down?
1: The, the, the ball.
0: Okay. Okay. So I stick my flagpole in the ground. Yeah. And the idea is then I put the knife at the base of the flagpole and I cut in straight a straight line down the ball coming, out, coming yeah. from the base of the flagpole out and then I like go to the other side of the ball and I put the knife on the base of the flagpole and I cut out such that like oh, oh. the two cuts create a line
1: ah uh, not quite okay I'm thinking bigger knife <laughs> I'm thinking like a massive knife the size of the ball like it just cuts the ball in one swift motion oh cuts the ball in half yes and it cuts the ball in half because you're cutting along the flagpole it's guiding the knife and cutting it in half.
0: What do you mean along Ah, the flagpole? Because,
1: okay, so you could cut, if your knife just enters the ball at the point uh, that you're standing on, you could cut at like an angle and get like some small slice of the the ball and one big slice of the ball.
0: So you're saying you take the flagpole and the flagpole is like straight up and down, right? And so you're gonna take the knife and it's going to slice the flagpole in half, okay? If we imagine yeah. coming from above the flagpole, yeah. this knife is going to slice the flagpole in half and keep traveling through the ball. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, yeah. it's also going to slice the ball in half because we know the flagpole was straight up and down. And since yeah. the knife, because yeah. we assume the knife is following the same path, yeah. right? So yeah. it goes through the flagpole and then through the ball. And yeah. so it cuts both of them in half.
1: Right, right. Nice. And, and this is how you get your uh, your path basically
0: our north south path yes
1: yes and the curvature of that path it depends on the coordinates okay because that path is defined based on the the flagpole the coordinates of the flagpole which live in 3d space
0: okay so you're saying we plant the flagpole yeah we cut the ball in half yeah based off of how we put the flagpole into the ground Yeah, yeah and that therefore what
1: yeah. Therefore, like um, the the curvature of that path, right? Mm-hmm. It depends on. It's defined by uh, and uses the coordinates, um, like the XYZ coordinates of the like direction of the flagpole that you stuck in the ground. So that's why it's extrinsic. Is because it depends on the space that you're living in
0: when we say path right we're just basically looking at half of the ball and we're saying okay the line that we cut along that is our path yeah basically the line we cut along is our path yeah and so therefore the path depends on how we cut the ball and how we cut the ball depends on the flagpole
1: yes yes Um, and, and I guess I shouldn't say depends on, I should more say is defined by defined because that's the whole point of the theorem is that it actually doesn't depend on these choices.
0: Okay. Um, let's find out how it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Do we have all the prerequisites? Are we ready to see the, uh,
1: I think so. I I think, uh, yeah, yeah. And that's why the theorem was so remarkable is because the ant is able to figure out the Gaussian curvature with just distances and angles. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I mean. And and I don't think I'm going to prove it for you. I don't think. (laughs) uh, Because I, yeah, I don't think it would be super. uh, I think that's the enlightening part. That's the cool part. It's just the statement itself.
0: Okay. Let me make sure I understand the statement. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: You're saying that I can slice the ball in half just from angles and direction
1: ah and actually the slicing in half you can actually allow the ant just to walk forward and it will slice out that uh that makes sense as well if the ant keeps going forward in one direction yeah. it'll eventually eventually yeah. wrap back on itself and that'll be our path yes and these are called like geodesics is what they call them okay um so you can get that You the ant can get the same path but what the ant can't do is um or like what it can't do based on our definition earlier is define that curvature of that path. It just thinks it's going in a flat oh, line. Yeah. So it doesn't know the curvature of the path that it takes.
0: Because it's so small. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: yeah. it thinks it's it doesn't have gravity, so it always thinks yeah. it's going along a flat line. Yes. But and it wraps back around. But your claim is yeah. that it can find the curvature? Yeah. Yeah. Even without knowing that it's curving.
1: Yes. Yes. Well, and and so you can think about this too. Um, Even just in this example, the ant can sort of figure it out based on how long it takes to get back to his starting point, right? Uh, Yeah. Um, Which is pretty nice, but maybe it doesn't get back to its starting point. There are a lot of paths that don't return to the starting point. So like the ant could be very lost. Like it's very hard for the ant does the ant, does the ant have
0: to do like a, like I imagine the ant doing a little like topographical survey around yeah. this region yeah. and he looks exactly. all around and he finds all the different angles of everything. Yes. And you're yeah. saying no matter what, as long as we have this smooth, this differentiable surface, yeah. the ant can always find the curvature, whether it's positive or negative. Yes. And yes. can it always find the exact value of the curvature?
1: uh yes yeah like if if you're allowing the ant to uh do infinitely many calculations or something you know what i mean like just like very smart ant with like all the time in the world and another way to state the theorem and really the official statement of the theorem Mm -hmm. is what i said earlier that this property gaussian curvature is uh unchanged whenever you bend the surface whenever you take an isometry it is
0: unchanged. Oh, oh! Uh, Gaussian
1: curvature. Just being. You're talking about positive, negative, zero. The number actually doesn't change. Oh, yeah. Really? So the number. Yeah. It's it's completely invariant to these isometric changes. Ah, these bends. It's
0: it's um, isometrically invariant. That's what we were talking yes, about earlier. Yes. 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 No matter how much yeah. bending you do, the curvature yeah. is
1: always the exact same number. Yeah. And so this is kind of. The statement is saying, like, we only need distance and angle to f- to find this Gaussian curvature. Whoa. It's the same statement. Yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. That's pretty crazy. Yes, yes. Um, and so, uh, first application of this theorem, which is fun, uh, is uh, why you bend the crust of a pizza when you, you know, try and eat it. Oh Okay Very cool Okay Very cool first application Um, So A pizza's flat A slice of pizza is flat Uh huh Right And when you pick it up You bend the crust a little bit So that the tip doesn't flap down Right So that the tip stays elevated So it just goes right into your mouth
0: The little New York bend
1: they The New York it. Yeah It's very New York bend Because of the thin Yeah And so what's happening Think about an ant On the middle of the pizza Uh
0: huh
1: Okay Um, when you grab the piece of pizza initially, gravity wants to bring the tip down, right? Uh And so when you bend the uh, crust, um, flat pizza's got zero Gaussian curvature, right? Uh And when you bend the crust, you're doing an isometry. You're bending it, right? Like Mm -hmm. a piece of paper. And so Gaussian curvature is invariant to this bend. It's unchanged when you bend this, right? Mm -hmm. So the Gaussian curvature with the bended pizza is still zero at the point, right? But you've created a positive in one direction. Yes. And so what must it be in the other direction? Also
0: positive. No,
1: no. Wait, wait, wait. I thought it was zero. Yes. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Oh, it must still be zero in that yes. direction. That means yes. Zero times positive is zero. Wow. Yes. Wow. There you go. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> we're, cutting, we're cutting that out. That
1: part. Yeah, yeah. Keep, up. It Keep it in. Keep it in. Keep it in. <laughs> um, ah, so that must stay flat. Yes. Yes. And so before, when gravity bent the tip, um, the flat part is going like east-west. Like perpendicular from the pizza to your mouth right
0: mm-hmm.
1: there that's where the uh yeah the flat part is and now you're changing that you're bending east west so that north south stays flat and you've got direct <laughs> pizza to mouth
0: pizza to mouth action
1: yes yes ah,
0: yeah that's pretty cool yeah because of the is- isometric invariance yes yeah of of this two-dimensional surface yeah yeah exactly exactly are, mm-hmm. is isometric invariance, question about isometric yeah. invariance, does yeah. it hold for higher dimensions as well?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like there's, uh, well so this curvature uh, is defined on 2D surfaces. Gotcha. So um, the way we defined are, it with like
0: valleys
1: and, and peaks. Is yeah, defined the on way we've 2D. talked about it, it's definitely with 2D. There are definitely like generalizations uh, and there are certainly like isometric invariance in Uh, In more dimensions and stuff. Cool.
0: But those are a bit like we can't imagine
1: those, really. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hard to hard to picture them. But it's
0: it's like if you travel, like for us, if you head in a spaceship, like going in one direction, you eventually end up in the same point. That's like our three-dimensional plane. That would this would have to be true over, and we can't really imagine bending that necessarily.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this brings up a good thing. Like the whole point of this, like extrinsic geometry, Mm -hmm. had been doing great up until the 1800s, you know, um, just doing everything living inside of a flat space. And then this, like, switch to intrinsic geometry, which was led by Gauss pretty much, and then, like, his student, I think his student Riemann and, like, Poincaré and stuff, and all these mathematicians. Uh, All of this really led to the ability of Einstein to do general relativity, because we don't live in a flat space. Like, a lot of people think we do, but the whole point of general relativity is that we live in this uh, non-Euclidean, non-flat space, uh, space-time, where time is the fourth dimension, and, um, like, distance is not measured in the same way. Is this the idea of that, like, gravity bends space-time? Is this related? That too, yeah. Or is um, that
0: special relativity? I always get confused between them
1: yeah yeah um I guess what I'm trying to say is yeah no I think it is what you're like matter bends space time right so we have to understand how to do geometry in uh these non-flat spaces Hmm. and also space time itself is highly non like trivial because what you do and this is really cool um all you do is you flip one of the signs in, like, the rule of Pythagoras, and then you get space-time. So you've got a squared plus b squared equals c squared in uh, a yeah. two-dimensional plane. Yeah. For um, a triangle. Right, right. And so you've got, like, the square root of x squared plus y squared plus z squared is the distance in 3D space. Okay. When you're doing something. Sure. This is what
0: we consider what we call Euclidean distance. Yes. The square root of the squares is just the distance from one point to another.
1: Yeah. And in space time, you just do x squared plus y squared plus z squared minus t squared. Oh, the square root of that. Square root of that. And that gives you like distance in space time, basically. More or less. This is like Minkowski space time. And Minkowski was a mathematician who like played around with these um these types of metrics and so we live in a very non flat non euclidean space and so understanding like intrinsically right not saying that we're embedded in some other space like this is the only space we live in and if it's weird then the intrinsic stuff is really what's important and we're like the ants like trying to figure out everything
0: okay so we
1: so the idea is that we generalize this up a
0: dimension we are the ants in this four-dimensional space-time. Yeah, yeah, Oh, so we have to go up two dimensions, basically.
1: Yeah, it's from the ant. From yeah. the
0: ant in two dimensions. Yeah. Because we are living in four dimension: our three spatial dimensions, and our one temporal dimension. Yeah. And they act a bit weird, and yeah. the only stuff we can say is intrinsic stuff, because we are
1: the ants. Yeah, because we're living in the space. Yeah. Live- there's no space that our space is living in, or at least so we think. So we can't find any extrinsic properties of our space-time? Right, because... Like, what is our space-time embedded inside of? That would be an extrinsic property, mm. right? Can we, like, even, like, imagine... So, the idea is,
0: like, we can imagine, like, different things that our space-time could be embedded into, but we don't know for sure. And so, therefore, yeah. we just have to work with what we got.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the intrinsic stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's, that's pretty much it. You want to... Uh, yeah, I think you can take your blindfold off. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Woo. Enlightening. Enlightening. That was pretty okay. cool. Nice.
0: So nice. I didn't realize I've heard of Minkowski space time and I've heard of yeah. space time in general, but I didn't realize this connection to intrinsic geometry yeah. is yeah. what we need. Yeah. Yeah. Because because we are living in that in this four dimensional space time, so right. we have to only we can yeah. only find intrinsic properties of it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh.
1: Exactly. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. You want to hear a bit about Gauss? Yeah. Bit. Yeah, tell me about Gauss. Yeah, so Gauss was uh big brain, literally. They, <laughs> um, they cut open his head. Like, they saved his brain uh-huh. um, to study it, and it was, like, bigger than normal <laughs> and had, like, more, like, curves and stuff. It was wet and foldy? <laughs> it was very foldy, yeah. Wrinkled, that's the term. Very wet. wrinkled, yeah. Very wrinkly uh-huh. brain. Yeah, and, uh, like, had a big mass or something. <laughs> um, and... Speaking of his death, he had this theorem about, like, geometry. Um, also, he did, like, all sorts of math. I think everybody did all sorts of math back in the day. Yeah. Um, big number theory guy as well. And he wanted the 17 gone uh, to be etched on his tombstone. Oh? Because of a theorem that he uh, made. And the stonemason was like, I am not going to do that. <laughs> it's, it's just going to look like a circle. There's too many sides. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, child prodigy. Uh, Went to college as like a 14-year-old or something. Um, Yeah, but didn't people go to college at 14 in the 1800s? Yeah, so maybe not so special. (laughs) Maybe not so special. But he had his magnum opus at 21, apparently, on number theory. Which, I don't know if... I think when I read it was a magnum opus, I'm like, oh, I think his differential geometry stuff is, is real big contribution which how old was he when he did that that was later that was in his like 30s or 40s so we still have time we still have time yeah (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah um but he was kind of i think he was kind of arrogant based on he had six kids Uh and uh he forbid any of them from going into math because he didn't want them to lower the family name oh my god (laughs) oh god
0: yeah that's crazy yeah that's some 1800s dad shit right there (laughs) yeah
1: yeah Uh uh-huh Oh, he also, like, he never liked to show how he got to his proofs. He always liked his proofs to be very elegant. He wasn't a huge publisher, only published maybe, like, a few massive things. um, And liked to keep secret his, like, methods. Because he wanted to look, you know, very, like, out of thin air. Uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. But uh, but very impressive, dude. I guess. What an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much. Probably, probably. (laughs)